Welcome to Ask a Pastor. Today I'm joined by Emily Roberts. Emily serves as our Director of Kids Ministry for our Wexford campus of Orchard Hill Church. Uh, welcome, Emily. Thanks for uh, making you. some time today. And thank you for making some time just to join us today. If uh, you have questions, you can send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com. We'll be happy to address those at a future time. So Emily, we're going to jump right in. Uh, the first question deals with the issue of online dating. Mm -hmm. And so this, uh, this question is, I know it must, I must be cautious when participating in online dating, but is it acceptable to God? I'm 60 and widowed and would like to meet a Christian man, but haven't found anyone in a more conventional route. So mm -hmm. it sounds like somebody's thinking about putting a profile together, putting it out there. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your uh, perspective on that? Yes. Well, personally, I met my husband on Match.com. Okay. So it must be okay. <laughs> so I tend to think that it is okay, and I can chat more about that. But, um, you know. So, so take us back to when you were making the decision to do a profile. Mm -hmm. What were your concerns, and did you have any questions about, is this, you know, spiritual because can't I just pray and expect God to, you know, bring somebody yeah. uh, take us back to kind of what was in your mind? Yes. So my sister made my online profile. Wow, you didn't even have to think about it. <laughs> so she was just okay. like asking me the questions and entering it in. Um, and I was real, I was feeling um, excited about the possibility, um, but not excited about the possibility all at once, which seems to be pretty normal for dating. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I guess that um, you know, for my generation, so I'm 33, it was, you know, sort of more just normal, normal. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did sort of still have this phase where I was like, Oh, am I a weirdo or something like that? But I spiritually speaking, um, I see it as a, a really good connecting point. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see any grounds for some theological reason right. why this would not be okay because I see it as a relational connecting yeah. point. Well, and you're I, already pre-screening probably on some issues, which absolutely. probably saves you some, some time and heartache because you can say, okay, if this person isn't, you know, interested in me as I put forward my profile, then, then there's They'll nothing. Swipe there. right or left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, uh, and maybe not as much about online, yeah. But just dating in general, what are some things that being that you're closer to having dating than I am, um, what are some things that that you would say are really significant when you start that process to um, to to keep it from becoming um, just a place to meet and not um, kind of uh, see it as as heading somewhere really positive? Yeah. So um, a couple of things that I really kept in mind was from the get-go, well, I worked in ministry at the time, mm -hmm. so that was kind of a natural conversation starter. Mm -hmm. where straight, Like you do what? Yeah. And straight out the gate, someone would have said, oh, yeah. weird or awesome. That's where, you right. know, my heart and mind are as well. But, um, you know, I think in conversation, I think it is really important early in the game to, um, you know, my commitment was always to share um, my faith. So if you're a church attender, that's another natural kind of conversation starter. Someone yeah. might call that a hobby, but, you know, um, what do you do? How do you spend your time? You know, these are the mm -hmm. things that you're beginning to talk about. And I know that early on, I liked to establish that that was an important commitment of mine. Right. Um, because um, 
it, it's so formative in all the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. And so I think as early as you can establishing that, um, and I think that just being really honest with that person um, and, and what that looks like for your life is fair to them mm-hmm. and is fair to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that also um, just kind of clearly stating, you know, um, your goals for your future as well. You know, on a first date, I'm not going to say I want to be married in one year, mm-hmm. you know, but... Um, even if you were thinking that. Even if I were thinking that. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Yeah, that might, that, that might uh, yeah, it gives people, whoa, whoa, yeah. But I think being really honest and true to yourself is the get-go. I also processed with a lot of people in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, just saying continually um, and prayed a lot. You know, one of my prayers actually did become, because I dated for a long Mm -hmm. time, one of my prayers did become just, God, what do you think of this person? Show me now. Show me quickly. Yeah, let me see who they are. Yes. Um, People can usually only pretend for so long, but scarily, some people can pretend longer than others. So I would just pray often, God, what do you think? That, yeah. that became my prayer. Show me what you think of this person. Who is, what is their true character? Right. And often, you know, God would provide those answers through friends, through discernment, through my mm-hmm. friends, you know, maybe meeting these people, yeah. hanging out. Um, you know, sadly, there's no formula. Um, but I know that some of my, my kind of roles were keep people involved in my dating process that I trust and love and be really honest yeah. with the people that I'm dating. Yeah. So. Yeah, there, there's a couple things that um, that I'd add just to this whole thing. I, I heard somebody say this years ago, and that is be the person that the person you're looking for would want to date. And I think that's probably a good perspective as you're going about this is sometimes we spend so much time focusing on who we want to meet that we don't actually focus on who we are, who we're becoming. Mm-hmm. And, and as a result, uh, in the midst of, of dating, it becomes like we're shopping for a washer or something mm. and a washing machine. And we're like, oh, this, has, this person has this qualities, these qualities, rather than saying, who am I becoming? And then, uh, you know, the, it, very simple, but you mentioned it, praying, asking God to be at work in that mm. uh, is an underrated aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I think it is legitimate to use any legitimate means that are out there. So by legitimate, I mean, you know, going online, uh, mm-hmm. using a service, having friends, um, and being real honest with, yeah, I'd like to meet somebody. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there should be any uh, embarrassment in saying, I'd like to meet somebody, but I'm not going to bypass who I am. And then I think your point of just declaring who you are, what, what it is you're looking for up front, mm-hmm. um, and should hopefully drive drive a better sense of those those relationships early mm-hmm. on yeah i made a lot of mistakes <laughs> i had to i did consider it um for lack of a it doesn't sound great um each date sort of led me to the next you know i mean yeah. i feel like you, if you're going to coffee with somebody mm-hmm. and you're considering them a friend until they're no longer a friend i mean um my husband and i really didn't actually meet until we went to meat and potatoes for mm-hmm. dinner. So we call that our first date, right? Mm-hmm. We emailed, we talked. Um, and I would encourage folks who are doing online dating to meet that person as quickly as you can. Okay. That was kind of another one of my roles. Mm. <laughs> meet them as quickly as you can in a well-populated yeah, area. Yeah. Starbucks um, so that you can cut down some of the false things that yeah. can come in hiding behind email and text messages. Yeah. Yeah. So Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, good. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, online dating success story. 
But you should be in a Match.com commercial. Uh, You (laughs) could. You could be. (laughs) All right. So uh, in your role uh, here at the church, you obviously uh, coordinate the spiritual formation of several hundreds of kids, Um, uh, maybe as many as a thousand in a year. Um, How do you teach your children to pray? This is probably speaking more to parents, but how how would you recommend that? Mm -hmm. Our son is 16 months old, and when we have nightly prayer, we pray with him each night in hopes that he will remember it and pray it when he's able to speak. Uh, And then they say, you know, during a recent life hack message, I was thinking how wrong this possibly is. Uh, And then this person names their son and says, still very young, every night, um, um, but our bedtime prayer is the same every night. Um, so, so basically every night's different, but we try to make it solid with bedtime prayer. Is this too emotionless? I want God to be present in the prayer and I don't want it to be something that's recited and has no meaning, but also don't know how you start when you're teaching a child to pray. So mm-hmm. any advice? So it sounds like, like just really general thoughts on how to, how to keep prayer from becoming rote with children mm-hmm. so it doesn't have meaning, but also just to instruct kids to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, I kept, um, as I was thinking through this question, I watched a sermon recently from David Platt talking Mm -hmm. about sharing the gospel with kids. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, we teach our kids to brush our teeth, to brush Mm -hmm. their teeth. We teach our kids to get dressed. It'd be nice to teach them to brush our <laughs> teeth. That'd make it really easy. But yes, yes. So we teach them to brush their teeth. Their yes. teeth, excuse me. We teach them to get dressed. We teach them what to eat and what's mm-hmm. good for their bodies. Um, we have to teach them how yeah. to pray. Um, so that was just very foundational. Like, yes, that's great. From the moment they are born. Mm-hmm. So this is really encouraging that this family is praying with their 16 month old. Um, I also know from child development, the formative years, one to five, one to eight, and that um, 90%, I read, 90% of a child's brain is formed by age five. So carving those habits and pathways in is just awesome. Um, The beautiful thing about kids is you can get really creative with prayer. Mm -hmm. There, you know, I I, I don't think that there's a wrong way Mm -hmm. to pray. You know, in kids' ministry, we've done some really practical things, using five fingers to pray, you know, um, using the ABCs to pray. We, you know, look for something in God's creation that begins with an A, that begins with a B, that begins with a C, and just say, thank you, God. Um, I, I love Deuteronomy 6. It's a passage that we refer to a lot in kids' ministry, especially mm-hmm. for parents, um, you know, where uh, the command love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and then impart Mm. this to your children. And it says the commandments I give to you today must be in your hearts. Make sure your children learn them. Talk about them when you are at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road. Speak about them when you go to bed. Speak about them when you get up. Write them down. Tie them on your hands as a reminder. Also tie them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and also write them on your gates. So the commands of the Lord, love the Lord your God, um, impart them to your children pretty much all the time, every time, any time. Mm-hmm. So um, just as an encouragement to this parent, bedtime is a natural time, I think, mm-hmm. for a lot of us to pray and end of our day reflecting right. on maybe what God had done. Um, but I would encourage parents to even get more creative in their busy lives. Mm-hmm. Car drives. Um, hey, look mm-hmm. out the window. Let's pray with our eyes open. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see that God has made when we're, when we're at church? You know, what, what did a friend do for you today? How mm-hmm. can we thank God for that? Meal times. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Google, <laughs> you know, creative ways to pray with your children, yeah. you'll come up with so many um, fun ways. I think for children, it, 
it has to be winsome and, mm-hmm. and engaging and participatory because they are capable yeah. and because they are the purest prayers yeah. around. So yeah. um, I hope that's some. Yeah, ki- kids, um, we underestimate kids mm-hmm. when they're young. And what I mean by that is we assume that they're not getting as much as they're getting, that they're not as capable as they are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're, they're kids, so, so there is some age appropriateness. But what I mean by that is sometimes we, we assume that they are not processing at a high level mm-hmm. because they can't give words to everything, and mm-hmm. they really are. And so uh, certainly taking the time to pray is, is commendable in mm-hmm. any direction. As far as the the roteness, I think that that might be part of this this mm-hmm. question. You know, praying the same prayer over and over versus you know praying something different. Um, I, again, there, there's probably no right or wrong. My encouragement would be to say it's really good for kids to see you as a family pray for things that matter, mm-hmm. whether it be a bedtime, whether it be a, a family time, or whatever, and to do it sometimes in a way that is spontaneous and sometimes in a way that is structured. Mm-hmm. And I think both are important. I think if it's all structured and never spontaneous, they'll say, well, that's just in a category that belongs over here in this structured little thing that you do. Mm-hmm. And if it's just spontaneous and never structured, then they'll say, well, this is just something you do kind of like 911, mm-hmm. uh, but it isn't, it, it isn't part of your daily life. And so I always wanted to think of that in, in two, two different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and certainly as kids get a little older, I think just to ask the question, how can we pray about that? Or what can I pray for you mm-hmm. with what's going on right now? Uh, can be a very powerful question. Mm-hmm. And then to take just a moment and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably to do it, you know, not in a way that consumes an hour, mm-hmm. but is just, here's a three minute, you know, what happened? Oh, you, you struggled with that test today at school or that friend wasn't nice to you, or, mm-hmm. you know, you felt embarrassed when, when this happened. Well, how, how can I pray for you in that? Or mm-hmm. how can we pray about that situation? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just take a moment and pray. And, mm-hmm. and that, that brings the reality of God in prayer right to the daily existence rather than it being, mm-hmm. oh, we just do this you, you know, late at night. Now, sometimes that's the best time. Night, you're, mm-hmm. you're there, you're having that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly did prayers with our kids at bedtime yes. for years. And, uh, and so, so those are all good things. So, um, Emily, here's a... Uh, another question, and this is, what's the best way to keep from getting stuck in a spiritual rut? And mm-hmm. I assume kind of what's behind that question is the, is the notion that sometimes you can um, spiritually just kind of get to a point where you feel like you're just doing the same things over and over. And some of the early excitement draw of spiritual life doesn't feel as strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what would you say to somebody about being stuck in a spiritual rut? Mm-hmm. Well, I was... Um thinking about this recently just with my personal Bible study time and Mm -hmm. a friend of mine shared with me I can't tell you the name of the pastor but she was listening to a sermon and this pastor talked about um, discipline turning into desire turning into delight Mm. you know and I I mean this is you know uh, a spiritual rut could mean a lot of things but I guess interconnected with that I do think about prayer life I do think about scripture reading I do think about worship and things that kind of keep our spiritual life moving Mm -hmm. forward um and so the first thing I would say is that even when I don't feel like it um praying even when I don't feel like reading the word I still try and pray for that I ask God for that discipline 
um, because he has proved again and again that when I have remained committed to the word, when I have stayed in prayer, that he has grown that discipline to desire, to delight um, for things that maybe felt really Mm -hmm. dry. Um, I know I've heard folks compare sometimes spiritual ruts to relational marital Mm -hmm. ruts. You know, sometimes it's like, wow, sleeping next to this person every night. I don't even know who they are, you know, for the Mm -hmm. last week or what they've been doing or, you know, in, in relationship to God. Um, wow, this, this is, you know, Jesus has been my, um, you know, for years, you know, my friend, my, Mm -hmm. my Lord. And what's even, what's, what's going on there? Where am I even Mm -hmm. at with him? Um, and I know that creativity um, in marriage, you know, sometimes you, you'll hear folks say, well, let's go on, let's do, try another adventure right. together. And you're trying to just, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to just reawaken. Yeah. Um, I also know that there are seasons where it's not going to be exciting mm-hmm. every single day. Um, I read a book by Eugene Peterson called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Mm-hmm. And I love that title because mm-hmm. that's what their Christian life is yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, so, so to not be too tempted by the spiritual highs, right. um, dr- carrying your spiritual walk, mm-hmm. um, sometimes leaning into that discipline and sometimes just getting yeah. creative um, with maybe a, engaging in something different um, yeah. that can reawaken maybe some of that yeah. uh, fervor. Yeah. Um, One of the things I've seen in years of being a pastor, being in church is that certainly spiritual ruts can happen to people in all kinds of ways, but it seems to me that one of the biggest ways we get in a rut is we, we start to consume spirituality mm. and then we want people to hand deliver spirituality to us so that we can continue to consume it. And one of the best ways to get out of that rut is to say, I'm going to be a contributor. I'm going to serve. Mm. And, and what I've seen is that when people commit to consistent service, especially where there's some component of, of leadership, uh, what happens is is then they they start to say okay, and by leadership I mean spiritual leadership of others. You know, taking a kids small group. Um, you know, obviously you do kids ministries. People who teach the kids, um, they don't get stuck spiritually because they're they're saying how do I explain this concept mm-hmm. to a group of kids? And when the kids ask questions, mm-hmm. they're like that's a great question. And all of a sudden they find that 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 their spiritual Keeps life is challenged yeah. and they're growing. People who lead student small groups, same, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. People who lead adult small groups. Um, and, and so a lot of times I think, think the easiest, simplest, fastest way out of a spiritual rut is to say, I'm going to serve somewhere mm. that I haven't served before. And, and all of a sudden things will, will, will start to feel alive again because you'll be forced into that situation. Now that isn't the answer for every situation. Obviously mm-hmm. for some people it's different. And, and certainly what you said about their seasons, um, I think sometimes we expect spiritual life to be one mountaintop to another to another. And the analogy you made to marriage is a great analogy just to say sometimes in a marriage, you get up, you go to work, you come home, you do dishes, you mow the yard and you watch an hour of TV and you plop in bed exhausted and you say, that wasn't a bad day. Um, but it isn't necessarily something that Romantic. feels yeah. exciting or, but, but there's beauty in the ordinary as well as in the extraordinary. And to be able to 
to say spiritually that's true too mm-hmm. is, is really helpful because it says sometimes I'll be on a mountaintop, but sometimes it's going to feel more ordinary. Mm-hmm. And that's part of an ebb and flow of any genuine relationship. Absolutely. So, so Emily, thank you for mm-hmm. uh, being part of this today. Thanks and thank for you for participating today. If you have questions, send them to ask a pastor at orchardhillchurch.com. We'll be happy to address those in future and coming episodes. Thank you.